If money is a stand-in for what we value and we receive money in exchange for the value we provide in the world, if we're having financial issues, that means we're not valuing ourselves. Period. End of story. That's Kate Northrup. And this is The Depression Detox Show. Welcome back to the Depression Detox Show, where we share ideas and stories to help you live a happier life. I am your host, Malik Josephs. Happy Tuesday. Thank you so much for tuning in with me today as we have a brand new featured speaker debuting on the show. And she is here to talk about turning our finances into a spiritual practice. And She also talks about the reason why we're not where we want to be financially. And then she ends her talk by sharing two financial self-care practices to get a better hold on our financial future. Here's Kate Northrup. Enjoy. So spirituality and money. What's up with that? (laughs) All of the world's major religions would have us, I got to roll up my sleeves for this, would have us believe that it's not okay to want money, that money is evil, that rich people are greedy. And I hear from a lot of people, and, and raise your hand if you've heard this as well, oh, money isn't important to me. And perhaps you've said it yourself. My question to people who believe that money is not important to them is, is your self-value important to you? And is your quality of life important to you? And is your well-being important to you? Because money is not about money, as I said, right? It's about what it stands for. And it's about nourishing ourselves first. So I'll tell you a little story. I went into business with my mom a couple years ago. Some of you might be familiar with her work. She wrote a book called Women's Bodies, Women's Wisdom. Her name is Dr. Christian Northrup. She's awesome. Love my mom. And she and I thought, we had separate businesses with a company called USANA that's a health company. They uh, distribute their products through word of mouth network marketing. I'm a huge fan of that industry. And so we had these businesses and we thought, wouldn't it be great if we could go into business together and I could do the behind the scenes work and she could do the front of the scenes work and we could actually help a lot more people and touch many more lives if we went into business together instead of separating our energy. At the time, I was 25, and I thought to myself, oh, this will be great. I can team up with my mom's brand, with her notoriety, with her vision, and that'll be great because I don't ever have to really be accountable for what I'm doing. So I didn't think that consciously. In retrospect, that's what I was thinking. So we went about our lives, and I was living in New York City at the time. I was living in an apartment that my mother owned. I was going around with my little wheelie bag with my products and services, doing presentations, 
presenting myself as a women's financial freedom expert in New York City. I actually built up a little following there and doing workshops. It was great, except for the fact that I felt like a complete and total fraud. I was living literally in my mother's home at the age of 25. I was teaching the concepts of financial freedom, which I'll I'll tell you a little bit about that later because it's important. Um, And behind the scenes, every month, my consumer debt was getting bigger and bigger and bigger until it peaked at 20,000 US dollars. That was unfortunate. (laughs) I felt really, um, I felt like, I felt like a fraud. I felt like I didn't want to tell anybody what was actually going on. And I was most of all, the most important part, I was afraid to even look at that myself. So I became a total avoider. I stopped opening my credit card bills. I stopped opening any sort of mail that looked even remotely financially related. (laughs) I stopped looking at my bank account and I just sort of hoped Right, I grew up in the spiritual world. So I grew up in the, with the personal growth people and the Wayne Dyer and Louise Hay and all of these wonderful teachers. And I kind of had it in my head that if I just did enough affirmations and if I just acted as if, right, we've heard that, act as if you have what you want and then you will attract it to you. But what that did is it ended up with me in $20,000 worth of credit card debt. So I had kind of done a spiritual bypass around the nitty-gritty of what money is actually about. And I wasn't taking responsibility for what was actually going on there. So here I am, wheeling my bag around New York City, doing my thing, feeling worse and worse and worse and worse and worse about myself, but being so petrified that I couldn't actually do anything about it. And then one day I was on an airplane. And when I'm on an airplane, I actually found out that there is evidence for this When I'm on an airplane, I get really good ideas. It feels like I'm closer to God and, you know, I'm up there in the sky. Nobody's bugging me, whatever. And I said that on stage and a NASA astronaut came up to me and he said, actually, that's true. There's something about the ions in the air up there that do something to your brain that make you more open to creative ideas. So should you ever be on an airplane? get out your journal, and I was journaling to myself. And I was reading at the time Barbara Stanley's book, Overcoming Under-Earning, which I can't recommend highly enough. So barbarastanley.com, her book. And I was taking her class, which was about basically getting out of the financial pickle that I was in. And, but I had taken her class a couple times before and had never done any of the exercises. Have you guys ever done that? <laughs> Or you read the book and you're like, oh, that's great. That's an exercise page. I'm just going to keep going. And they, the author will say, like, stop and do this exercise. It won't work without it. And you're like, Psh, not for me. So <laughs> it was my third time actually through this particular work. And I decided, okay, well, I'm still in credit card debt. And I'm still, I still didn't even know how much because I wasn't paying attention. I wouldn't actually look at it. And so I'm writing around and I'm like, what's my problem? And what I realized as I was writing, it all kind of came down. I realized, oh, my lack of financial awareness is directly related to a lack of self-care and self-love. Because if money is a stand-in for what we value and we receive money in exchange for the value we provide in the world, if we're having financial issues, That means we're not valuing ourselves, period, end of story. 
And in that moment, I realized, okay, if I want to get out of this debt, if I want to become abundant, like truly abundant, not just talking about it and doing affirmations, because you can have an abundance mentality and be like, oh, I'm going to go spend $75 out to lunch because I want to attract that kind of lifestyle. But if you're putting it on your credit card, it doesn't, it like, it totally doesn't line up. So if you're doing sort of things like that, I'm just going to allow yourself to, you know, you can call yourself out in private. Um, So I realized, okay, so if I want to get out of debt, and this is an issue of self-love and self-care, how can I actually incorporate my financial life into my self-love and self-care practices? And then it became a profoundly important spiritual practice. Until then, I just sort of hoped that somebody would come along and do it for me. Like, I kind of thought maybe um, my mom would fix it. I did. That's why I was in business with her. I thought maybe she might fix it. I thought maybe I would meet a rich guy who would take care of it for me and I wouldn't have to think about it. It's embarrassing to say that out loud because I have like an Ivy League education and it's awful that that thought crossed my mind. (laughs) Or, you know, other people have different versions of this. Our white knight comes in many forms. It might be a parent. It might be an inheritance. It might be a job. It might be the government. I live in Portland, Maine, and Maine is the biggest welfare state in the United States. So a lot of people are thinking their Prince Charming is going to be the government. And we're always stepping back and saying, okay, well, this isn't my job. I'm too scared. Who else can do it for me? But because it's an issue of self-awareness, self-love, self-care, I had to redial in and realize, oh, I'm the only one going all the way with me this time around. Right? You've got your parents, and they're there at the beginning. Chances are pretty good they're not there at the end. You have the people you fall in love with. That's temporary. Right? It just is. We're the only ones going all the way with ourselves. And the truth is, even if you do meet a great person who cares for you financially, awesome. 50% of, divorce, of, of marriages end in divorce, and the average age of widowhood is 56 years old. So we're talking like that's not a good financial plan. A man is not a good financial plan. A company is not a good financial plan. We know about record downsizing and the issues that people have when they think security means a good job. I don't know about the rest of you guys, but I was taught in school, you need to get good grades. So work really hard, get good grades, get into a really good college, and get a great job that will take care of you for the rest of your life. Did anyone else hear that particular formula for success? And how many people in this room, I'm just, I, I don't usually ask this, how many people followed that and are still with the same company they graduated from college and went to work for? One person. <laughs> nice work. That's awesome. <laughs> so it's an exception to the rule, obviously, obviously. And the idea that somebody is going to come do it for us is a bypass of our power. Because our our money, sex, and power lives right here. Our money is inextricably linked with our sense of personal power. And so when I realized that, I started putting into place a couple of financial self-care practices that I want to tell you about. And then I'll tell you the end of the story. Number one, I was so remedial with this, and I was so scared, and I was so in la-la land that the only thing I could get myself to do was look at my bank account balance every morning. That was it. 
I knew that I needed to pay off my debt. I knew that I should probably read a book or two. I knew that I should do various things, but I had to start really small. So if you're in any sort of financial pickle, whether it's debt, whether it's making less than you spend, whether it's just wanting more money, it doesn't actually matter. It doesn't have to be a pickle. It could be just simply wanting to expand in your financial life. My recommendation is in the morning, when you get up, probably you meditate or do some sort of morning practice. Check your bank account balance after you do that. And look at it and give a little gratitude for what you've got. Because everybody in this room has a roof over their head, has some food to eat, has all of those things. So there are so many ways in which we're abundant right now, which is one of the ways that you can wind your financial practice around your spiritual practice. And so every morning I would get up and I would look at my bank account balance and I would say thank you, even if the number was negative, because sometimes it was. When I stopped using credit cards, I started overdrawing my checking account every day. So it's, it takes practice. <laughs> so that's one thing that I would recommend doing. The other thing that I did is I started renaming bills um, invoices for blessings already received. So invoices for blessings already received. What that means is when I get the bill from the electric, from central main power, that means I've had electricity care of CMP for 30 days. And so an invoice for a blessing already received is a moment, it, it allows you to take a moment and give some gratitude and notice all of the ways that you're, you've already received that blessing and are already enjoying it. Big thanks to Kate Northrup for stopping by. If you'd like to connect with her, you can go to her website, katenorthrup.com, which is also her Instagram. And her latest book is entitled Money, A Love Story, Untangle Your Financial Woes, and Create the Life You Really Want. And I got this clip from YouTube. It is entitled It's Spiritual to Be Rich, Kate Northrup at Wanderlust's Speak Easy. And I have all the links to everything I just mentioned. They will all be in the show description below. So you can go and check that out. All right. That is a wrap for me. I hope you have an abundant rest of your day. And I will see you back here tomorrow. So until then, stay strong. Later. Later.